0: I were to ask you to think of a time in your life, man, when when someone came and helped you, you know, it could be something really big in your life or it could be something really small, but if you were to think about a time when when you were in need and someone saw that you were in need and and came to help you, you think about that moment. You know, I wish that we had time to to go around the room and and for all of us, you know, to just kind of share this, because I think what would happen is that we would have this just deep appreciation for people, (laughs) We'd be blown away by people's kindness and selflessness and their generosity. We'd be blown away by the, the kindness in, in people's hearts. And, 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 I, and if you have one of those moments where, where you realize that you were in a pinch and that you were in need, and, and, and you think about how things would have turned out had someone not intervened, and what it does is it just stirs up this gratitude in you. Right? You know, I think about it, one of these moments in my life happened almost seven years ago my son, Jones, we um, we get, get home from the hospital. My wife had just given birth. And um, we're at our house, we're kind of getting settled. I don't know if it was the exact day or if it was a few days after, but we were kind of getting settled into our home. And, and I remember you know, going downstairs in our basement, just walking through, I don't know what I was doing, but I was walking through our basement. I looked over to the right and water is just spewing out of one of our pipes. Any of y'all ever had one of those moments before? I'm the only one, okay, good. Me and two other people. Awesome. Well, it's coming for you one day. So let this serve as a, this is what you're supposed to do And when this happens. And so, you know, seven years ago, I had no idea, like, what to do. You know, I'm seven years in now. I have a concept of, you know, how I would handle the situation differently. But I'm kind of freaking out. We got this newborn baby to take care of. You know, my wife's like, we got to have water tonight. And I'm like, I know, we'll get water. And so, you know, I turn the water off. I get on the phone start calling all these plumbers. And it's, it's, like, almost dark. And I'm like, who's going to show up <laughs> this, this late at night? finally get a hold of this guy. And and he comes over to our house, and I'm like, I love you so much. Like, you have no idea how much I love you. And this guy's like, I'm not sure I want this job. Like, I don't think it's it's worth it. And 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 I'm just you know sitting by his side, just watching that he's doing. I'm like, you have no idea how thankful I am for you. He was the most encouraged plumber you've ever met that night. And. And if you've ever had one of those moments, you know that when, when you're in great need and someone comes to your help, and your just response is just thanksgiving and gratitude, and because we understand how important help is. Um, this morning, I love what we're going to be talking about. This morning, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, in fact, calls the Holy Spirit the Helper. And and I'm super excited for us to to dive in and to talk about um, man who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, and, and it's going to be really fun this morning as, as we jump into looking at the Holy Spirit. Before we do, I want to just give us a brief recap of where we've been the past five weeks. It'll kind of make sense as we're um, where we're talking about today, and so we've been in a series called the Gospel of the Kingdom. This word gospel just means good news, and it's this declaration of what God has done, is doing, and will do, and and you see this proclamation, this, uh, this, this declaration of who God is, what God's doing, um, what he's going to do all throughout the scriptures, and so it starts in the very beginning, and so week one, five Five weeks ago, we kicked off our series, and what we discover is that we, we, we look in Genesis 1, and what we, what we find is God. And what we discover about God is that he is a loving father and a powerful king. Week two, we get into our series, and we meet Satan, the enemy, who gets into God's good creation and deceives and distorts and, 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 and wreaks havoc. And, and the Lord gets in the metaphorical boxing with the enemy, and he looks at him, and he says, I'm going to send someone one day, and he will completely crush you. Completely remove you from this earth. And so this hate-filled enemy is met with this hope-filled promise that blesses us. Week three, this, in our teaching series, we are introduced to this man named Abraham and his wife named Sarah. They have no children at the time. They're, they're, they're barren. They're old. And the Lord comes to them and says, I'm going to build a family that's going to bless the whole world through you. Week four, it wasn't that God was just going to work through a family. In week four, we looked at this man named David where God comes to, 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 and says, I'm going to bring not just a king, but a kingdom through this family to bless the whole world. And if you were with us last Sunday, Easter Sunday, we looked at Jesus, the one who all these promises pointed to, the one through which all these promises of God would would come to the world, that all the blessing and forgiveness and grace and mercy of God would come from this this one man. And today in, in our series, as we've talked about all these promises today, we're going to look at another promise that God ushered, that God uttered, I mean, the promise of the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and some of you are, are going, man, you're, you've been walking with the Holy Spirit. You've been following through Jesus for, for longer than I've been born. And some of you come here and maybe you're like, Holy Spirit, who and what are you talking about? So I want to just give us a, a brief, just a, a little understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, if, if you're new. And so the Holy Spirit in Scripture is the, the presence of God, the person of God that is given to every single follower of Jesus to live inside of them. It's the presence of God inside of us. Now, I want you to to think about what I just said there. If you're not a follower of Jesus, it's okay if you're going, that dude's crazy, right? Because that sounds crazy. Guys, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, doesn't that sound crazy? That the creator of the universe, the one who thought of your brain, the one who thought of your digestive system, the one who created lions and elephants and said, I'm going to dwell inside of you. It's weird. It's crazy. And yet we believe it. Why? Because God said it. I love what John chapter 14 says. We're going to dig into this passage in, in a few minutes, but it says the world cannot accept the Holy Spirit because it can't see the Spirit, but you know the Spirit because he lives inside of you. You've, incurred, you've encountered the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, what I want to just kind of do is just to give us a brief understanding of, of the way that people in Jesus' day would have been looking for and longing for the Holy Spirit because it'll make a whole lot of sense. Now, um, for us, when, when maybe when we think about the Holy Spirit, Significant moments. Maybe you think about Acts chapter 2. You know, it's this moment when the uh, followers of Jesus, Jesus has just ascended into heaven. 120 of his followers are waiting in Jerusalem, and, and the Holy Spirit comes on them. And then Peter preaches, and the Holy Spirit comes on 3,000 others, and and the Holy Spirit just starts spreading like wildfire. And and so often, when I think about the Holy Spirit, it's easy to go, oh, it started in Acts chapter 2. But the reality is, you see the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. You see the Holy Spirit in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the very beginning, that the Spirit of God was there in creation. Um, you see, even in the Old Testament, all these different glimpses where the Holy Spirit actually lived in people. This man in Exodus, his name is Bezalel, in um, Exodus chapter 32, the first per- or Exodus 31, the first person who's filled with the Holy Spirit, the guy that, that had been commissioned to build the tabernacle. Um, you see this in 1 Samuel chapter 16 with David, this man who was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see it in, in, in Matthew chapter three when Jesus was baptized, and it says that the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove and alights on him. And so what you see is that even in the Old Testament before Acts chapter two, that the Holy Spirit is living inside of people. But here's the difference. Um, the Holy Spirit wasn't living in the masses. It wasn't living in common people like you and I. The Holy Spirit would indwell like particular people for particular pers- purposes, for particular moments. And that there was something about Acts chapter two that, that changed all that. And what you see in leading up to Acts chapter two is that, is that God had spoken all these promises, these promises of what the Holy Spirit was going to do. And so they looked at David, they looked at this guy named Bezalel, or they looked at certain people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet they looked at the scriptures and they're going, man, that, that we're seeing the Holy Spirit, but we're not seeing the, the fullness of what God has promised here. And so in Ezekiel chapter 36, you see this where, where God says to his people, I'm going to put my spirit in you and I'll move you to follow my decrees. It was this promise, this, this seed, you know, if any of you guys are gardeners, you put a seed in the ground. And, and, the, and the seed doesn't sprout fruit the next day. If it does, come talk to me. I want to figure out your secret, right? But that's not the way that, that gardening works. You put a seed in the ground and, and you wait. And so God puts these seeds in the hearts of His people. In Ezekiel 36, Ezekiel 37, the very next chapter. "I'm going to put my spirit in you, and you will live." I think maybe the most clear seed, the, the most clear promise of the Holy Spirit, comes from Joel chapter 2 verse 28, where, where the Lord says this, "I will pour out my spirit." on all people. He says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. You see, there was this anticipation in the hearts of God's people that the Holy Spirit would one day live in each of them. And Jesus knows this. In, in, in fact, in John chapter 14, 15, 16, the, the moments right before Jesus faces crucifixion, he's sowing these seeds in his disciples' hearts. Maybe they forgot about this promise. Maybe they didn't even know about this promise or they had grown tired to this promise. But God is like, through Jesus, trying to stoke the embers of their hearts of the expectation and the excitement about who was coming to to dwell inside of them. I I love this, that that, that Jesus is, in John 14, he'll say things like this. uh, I will ask the Father and he's gonna give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever? Think about that, what God's saying. I'm gonna give you someone that's gonna be with you forever. John 14, 26, the Advent, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's gonna teach you all things. Remind you everything I've said to you. Imagine you're hearing that going, whoa, what a gift that's coming to us. Acts chapter one, verse four, he says, don't leave Jerusalem, Jesus says, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. In a few days, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's stoking the embers of their hearts, the expectation about the great gift that was coming to them. You know, I remember last summer, my son, um, for his birthday, what he decided to do is I was going to take him on a father son camping trip. You know, and he'd, he'd read books and he's watched shows, so he had an idea of camping, but he didn't know how we were about to camp. And so, you know, uh, I'm I'm leading up to this. I'm just I'm telling about it, buddy. It's gonna be amazing. We're gonna we're gonna sit around the, the the campfire. We're gonna stay up super late. We're gonna eat as much junk food as we possibly can. You know, we're gonna drink la. You don't know what ALA it is? It's a soft drink that's made only in Kentucky. You should totally try it. My son loves it. And, 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 and I'm just sitting here telling him about all the fun things that we're gonna do. We're gonna camp right by the lake. You can fish as much as you want. And he's just like, yes, yeah, is gonna be amazing. And, 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 and you have these moments, right, where, where you know that something's gonna be amazing and you're trying to describe it. you're trying to help people understand how good it is. And this is what Jesus is doing in the hearts of his disciples going, guys, you have no idea how good life is about to get for you. When my presence doesn't just come to live beside you, but to live in you. They're waiting, they're waiting, and they're waiting, and then Acts chapter two happens. And the Holy Spirit gets poured out on people, on common people, on ordinary people. And you read the book of Acts, and you see the Holy Spirit just doing amazing things, miraculously healing people the Holy Spirit giving supernatural courage to, to these men who at, at one time, man, they were scared to, to, to say that they were followers of Jesus around little kids. And yet what you see in the book of Acts is that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in them and now they're standing in front of kings they're standing in front of authorities and they're being bold. You see the Holy Spirit coming on them, leading them to, to literally specific people, specific addresses, specific names of people who are ready to be saved. And what you see is that when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of people, things change. The movement of Jesus starts spreading like wildfire. This morning, I don't have time to go through and do a comprehensive kind of study overview of the the Holy Spirit. But what I want to just do is, is I want us to look at one passage, John 14, and I want to try to answer three questions real quick. And so um, the three questions are this Why does God give us the Holy Spirit? Second question is, How does the Spirit help us? And the third question is, How do I receive the Holy Spirit? So, John 14, starting in verse 15, listen to this it says, If you love me, keep my commands how simple, how profound, how beautiful those words from Jesus. It says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. You know, I love that, that word advocate. I dug into it this week and it's this, it become, it, it, the, the Greek word that's translated here in our English Bible is, is the word perikletos. And the word parakletos is this word that has a a, a variety of, of definitions, it's a variety of meanings. But what it always meant is a perikletos was, was someone who was called in. And so a perikletos might be called into a courtroom to to give testimony to to certain that would work in your favor. Or a parakletos might be, uh, man, when, you're, when your company is, 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 um, is going down and, and you need some, some wisdom, you need some counsel, a parakletos would come and, and there was someone who was wise, they could give you advice, they knew things. Or a parakletos was someone who, who could come into a room and could, and could lift joy and could lift expectations when, 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 when people were just down. And so a parakletos was someone who was called in to help. And here's what's key, they were always called in in a time of need. They were always called in in a time of trouble. And so I loved it, that of all the words Jesus could have used to describe the Holy Spirit, he uses this word parakletos because the disciples would have understood that. They would have understood that what Jesus was saying is that, listen, guys, I'm giving you someone for the purpose of helping you helping you in your spiritual journey, helping you in your pursuit of me, helping you in your path towards me in the fullness of my kingdom, helping you, I'm giving you someone helping you. What you need to understand about the help that you're getting is this person is not a one-trick pony. The Spirit can do so many things. So why does he give us the Holy Spirit? Guys, I love this about God. He gives us the Spirit to help us. You know, God knew that, it's like, I don't know what you're carrying in this room right now. Some of you come in here and you're grieving deeply because of a loss in your family. Man, some of you come in this place this morning and man, you, you're not even sure you believe right now. Man, some of you come in this place and, and you just feel so far from God. And I love what, what God is saying here. See, he, he knew we were gonna go through these valleys. He knew we we're gonna come into moments where where our faith is weak and our hearts are hurting. And he says, my solution in your pain and the hardness of this life is I'm not gonna give you a manual. I'm not just gonna give you a to-do list or a, you know, punch in the arm, tell you to suck it up. I'm gonna give you myself. Think about how great our God is, that that he knew the hard things we would go through in life. And his response is to give us the Holy Spirit, his very presence, the Spirit of God filled with wisdom and compassion and joy and encouragement and power to dwell inside of us. And so why does he give us the Holy Spirit to help us in our journey? How amazing is our God? The second thing, second question I want us to address today, man. So how does the Holy Spirit help us? As this is not a comprehensive, I'm not gonna give us a comprehensive overview of how the Holy Spirit helps us. We'd be here for hours. I'm sure you would love that, but, but we're not gonna do all that today. I wanna to just kind of give us a few things of, of how the Holy Spirit helps us. And the, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit, when he comes into our lives, he helps us overcome and put to death sin. You see this in Romans chapter eight. Those who put to death the misdeeds of the body, the sin of the body. You know, for those of you who are followers of Jesus, um, you know that f- inner feeling inside of you, that, that feeling of conviction when you've sinned. Nod your head if, if, if you're aware of, of that moment, when, when you just know that, that you've done something or you are doing something, and you just feel it tugging at your heart. You know, it's like you're, you're driving down the interstate and I don't know what those little like, things are on the side of the road, but you know what I'm talking about. No one at the nine like, gave me a word for it. So if you know what these things are actually called, come talk to me after the 11. But, but you know what I'm talking about. When you're driving and you get out of your lane and you start hearing that mm, sound and, and it's this reminder, like you gotta get back in your lane. And I love that that, that is the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit convicts us. Man, when, when we're veering out of our lane, when we're veering off from the path that God has for us, why does the Holy Spirit do that? Does he do it? Because he hates us? Now the Holy Spirit does it because he doesn't want to see us run off the road and destroy our lives. And so the spirit of God comes in and convicts us. And, and I, I think this is probably true. None of us love conviction. <laughs> and, like when we're being convicted, none of us are like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, no, if, if you're like me, when you're being convicted, you're like, dang it. I got to tell somebody. <laughs> and that's never fun. If you think it's fun, come talk to me. I want to figure out how to get some of that fun in that. Like there, that there's something about conviction, man, that that hard, you know, even this past week, I had to go to two of my brothers and I had to look them in the face and say, Hey guys, I was deceitful in something I said this week. I lied to you. The spirit was convicting me, and I just had to keep it in the light. I'm sorry. You know, so the spirit, man, he, he helps us overcome and put to death sin, you, but, but it's not just, you, you know, convicting us of sin. One of the things the Holy Spirit does when he, to, to help us battle sin is that, is that he makes us aware of temptation and he helps us in temptation. You ever been in a conversation before where the people around you are gossiping and they're slandering someone and you just, you feel it like bubbling up inside of you and you're like, oh. and the spirit's like, don't say it. If that person was right here, would you say what you're about to say? You see, the Holy Spirit keeps us from saying things and doing things and keeping things that that we regret. The Holy Spirit helps us put to death and battle sin. You think about, are there sins in your life that used to be a part of your life that are no longer? And if that's the case, it's not because you're such a great person. It's because the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. The Holy Spirit helps us battle sin, put to death sin. The second thing the Holy Spirit does, I believe, is that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to advance the mission of Jesus. Right? The Holy Spirit is like a great guest. You know, you think about a, a guest that comes to stay at your house or to stay with you and they bring a gift. Who doesn't love that kind of guest, right? My mom comes to town to visit me. You know, she always shows up with gifts, not for me and my wife, but for our kids. And, 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 and you think about this the, the promise in the scripture is that when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, the Holy Spirit brings gifts. This is just in the word. That if you have the Holy Spirit, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter 4 says that you have a gift. You have gifts from the Holy Spirit. And all these gifts are different. You can go and read about them. Some of it's the gift of encouragement or the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, the gift of wisdom, the gift of leadership, the gift of discernment, the gift of mercy, the gift of serving, the gift of giving, all these different gifts. And not all of us have the same gift. How boring would it be? But God knows you. He selected gifts for you. And 1 Corinthians 12 says the reason you've been given a gift is for the common good of others. He didn't give you a gift to make much of yourself so you could boast and think about how great you are. He gave you a gift to build up the people around you, the person sitting right next to you in the chair. I love when I see people using their gifts. I think about a girl in our church, her name's Brittany Barbera. And Brittany, over Christmas break, we, we come back to the office, and um, on every single person on our team's desk, there was a letter with our name on it. And you kind of open the letter, and inside of it, what Brittany had done is, she said, for Christmas gift this year, I wanted to, to pray a a prayer over every single staff member and just spend some time listening to God on your behalf and asking God what he says about you. I'm so encouraged, so blown away. And I just met this guy named James who's here. I walked in and and James just moved back to Nashville and and, and he was telling me, I'm like, hey man, what do you do? He's like, I'm a teacher and I'm starting this inner inner city ministry to help kids that are low income, that are poor to get connected to summer basketball leagues to help get them a college scholarship one day. I'm going, guys. It's amazing when, when you start using your life and your gifts for the building up of the people around you. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. The reason that you do that, it's not because you're so great. It's because God is so great inside of you. The Holy Spirit, man, he helps us battle and put to death sin. He gives us gifts to help advance the mission. He helps guide us into truth. And I wish we had more time to talk about this. But Jesus says in John 16, He's going to guide you into all truth. So. This is beautiful. The Holy Spirit helps us make decisions. You realize that? Um, that the Holy Spirit helps us learn from our mistakes. The, the Holy Spirit reveals next steps for us in life. That just relieves so much the pressure. You don't have to have your 10-year your plan, your five-year plan. You don't even have to have your next month plan. That, that, that walking with God, he promises, I'm going to guide you. I'm gonna lead you into to all truth that, that it's so beautiful about our God that, that he will reveal next steps for you. And it doesn't always come. It's not like I wake up every day and go, okay, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do and like these big steps in life. But, but the Holy Spirit comes and he gives directions. He, he guides you into the path that he has laid out for you. I remember several years ago, we were on vacation at the beach with my wife's family and kind of this really crazy moment happened that double red flag that day. No one's supposed to be in the water. And I look out and this guy, 56 um, year old man, wanders out into the water and he's calling for help. He's like drowning. Waves are huge. This lifeguard on duty swims out there, pulls him in. And this guy's like blue in the face. I mean, he's, he is really, he's not in a good place. And we're gathering around this guy and just falling on my knees and praying for this guy. And God was doing some really crazy stuff in, in my heart and in that moment, the um, guy's okay. The, you know, the uh, paramedics get there, get him, he's okay. That night I go to bed. And in my, in my dreams that night, I wake up and I just have, um, I just see this one word and it's the word healing. And I just sense in my spirit that the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to have a healing service. And, you know, this was five or six years ago and we didn't, really never done anything like that before. I mean, we believed in healing, obviously. We had moments like we, we really believed in that, but to offer a healing service, that's like a big leap of faith, like to, to do something like that. And so we kind of discerned that with our leaders and we said, yeah, we're going to go for it. So, you know, five, six years ago at Marathon, we had this healing service and and God poured out his spirit. He poured out his healing power. There were people who, who got up at the end of the gathering and testified, man, I came in one way and, and I'm leaving differently, that God did something in my life. And, and it was just this amazing moment. And I tell you that because I go, man, God, the Holy Spirit will reveal steps for you to take. The, the path that you're supposed to take, the thing that you're supposed to say, the that you're supposed to do. And when the Holy Spirit does it, take the step. And I know it's, it's fearful. I know that you're, you're scared to do it. But God, if he's calling you into it, he's going to help you. He's going to pave the way for you. And so take the step as the Holy Spirit reveals things. Let him guide you into the truth. How does the Holy Spirit help us? Third question I want to just wrestle with real quick is how do you receive the Spirit? You know, I remember really wrestling with this when I was in college, right out of college, early days at Ethos. Man, I was around so many people who were just filled with the Holy Spirit, people speaking in tongues, people who had just these incredible prophetic gifts, and people who were just walking in a different level of intimacy with the Holy Spirit than I did. And and I was just like, went through a period where I'm going, man, do I even have the Holy Spirit? You ever felt that? Where, where you look around at people around you and they're like spiritual giants and you go, man, I'm not even sure that the spirit of God even dwells inside of me. And, and I remember, man, this passage of scripture from Acts chapter two, verse 38 and 39 is so important because what Peter says is, repent and believe every one of you in the name of Jesus and be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise that you'll receive the gift is for you and your children and for all those who are far off. And so if you come here this morning and, and you're wrestling with your follower of Jesus, you go, man, do I have the Holy Spirit? If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, man, if you're walking in faith, you've been baptized, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, it's possible that, that you can ignore the Holy Spirit. Scripture says that you can grieve the Holy Spirit, you could quench the Holy Spirit, but I love the promise in John 14 is that the Spirit of truth lives with you forever. And my encouragement for you today, if you come here as a follower of Jesus and, and you've been ignoring the Holy Spirit, man, to bring that into the light, And and to ask God for more of the Spirit. You see this in Luke chapter 11 where Jesus says, hey, if you pray to the Father and you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give you the Holy Spirit. You see this in Ephesians chapter five, verse 28, where, where he says, be filled. Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not that you would just be filled once, but that you would continuously be filled. And guys, how many of us, we continually need help in life. We continually need to be reminded of who we are and what God is doing and that we are His children. And when the Holy Spirit comes, man, we're not discontent with one outpouring. We keep asking God, keep filling me up. So if you're a follower of Jesus, my encouragement is to ask God. And if you've been ignoring God, man, to repent. You know, for those of you who are not followers of Jesus, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? It's really clear. Repent, turn to God. Receive the truth that Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins. Be baptized. As you're coming out of the water, it's this, this union with Christ where you realize that the same way Christ rose from the dead, you too one day will rise from the dead when that, that, that though you die, Christ is gonna come back when he returns and you will raise him and you will be with him forever. And if you believe that that God Almighty, that Jesus Christ is alive and well and interceding for you in heaven, that one day you're gonna see him face to face, man, give your life to him. Some of you come here this morning and you realize that you're in over your head in life, that you've tried everything. You've tried tried atheism. You've tried being agnostic. You've tried Buddhism. You've tried Islam. You've tried everything and nothing seems to work and there's a reason because those things are devoid of real God power and God is inviting you. Give your life to me. Put your faith in Jesus. Even if it's just a little faith, just take a step. I can do a lot with a little and let me help you. You don't have to carry the anxiety and the weight and the stress of life. Let me fill you with the Spirit. And you can understand the gift of the helper, the paracletus, the advocate. So here's what we're going to do. I want to take a few minutes and to give us just an opportunity to to share. You know, I've been talking for a while, and, and now it's time for us to talk. So I'm going to encourage you to to circle up with the people that you came with. We're going to put a couple of questions up on the screen during this time. I encourage you to take communion. And so these little communion cups, I know they're going to taste like styrofoam, but it's okay. Like you can endure it. You know, take the piece of bread, drink the juice, reflect on the broken body, the blood of Jesus, answer the questions up here. And then I'll get back up in a few minutes and I'll call us back into worship. And so, man, as, as, as we're taking communion, as we're sharing, open up your heart. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this moment. So let's circle up with the people you came with. Take a few minutes and I'll call us back in uh, to the time of, of worship in just a few minutes.